Inside the Bearcats podcast. I'm Paul Daner Jr. and I'm here to take you behind the curtain of UC Athletics where we'll discuss all the topics that UCU care about and quite a few that you really don't care about. All right, let's go. Eight seconds to go. SK dribbles into the front court. Joe Patkin pulls up from three. His shot. Good! 2.5 to go. Joe Patkin buries one. Green out to Abernathy, looking for a block. He's got it. Down to the 10, the 5, touchdown, Bearcats! All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Inside the Bearcats podcast. And we are back at the crystal clear studios here at Clear Channel. With the, the best, maybe the best sounding of all the podcasts we do originate from here when I come here with, with Mo Egger. Post extraordinaire, many different channels here. It's it sounds it just sounds so good. Thank you for studio use. Do we owe you for this? Or uh, you don't owe me anything, but if management finds out, I can assure you you'll be invoiced. There's no doubt about that. I can tell you that I won't be paying. I will be <laughs> skipping out on any bills. At least I have I won't have that on the record ahead of time. That I, I have you. no plans on paying anything. Uh, or maybe I'll I'll have a you know you can contact my agent about that. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. You have an agent. It's um, it's it's my little nephew. He's oh, ten. I figure gotcha. his ears. You can't say you know you can't say anything. Can't to say him. no to him. No, he's, yeah. he's a little kid. I got you. So I just roll him out there and I kind of let him, you know, well, talk for me. Fair enough. Well, welcome. It's good to be here. It's championship week, Paul. It is championship. I'm not sure week. you've heard. I, I have heard, and uh, you had a blog today talking about this being the best week ever. My favorite week of uh, the year. I was. I, I originally thought maybe it was about your favorite VH1 show, <laughs> uh, which I always was a big fan of. You know, upgrade. Yeah. yeah, I love the I love the best week ever show, but this really this really is it's my favorite week. It's awesome. There's yeah. so many great games. If you love the drama of March, forget the tournament. Yeah, teams that have one shot to win, to make one way into the tournament, to their dream. When you're when you're playing in the Southland, when you're playing in the in the Miac, mm-hmm. there's only one way in, and that's right. win three nights in a row or whatever it is. Right, and buzzer beaters and, and everything else. It's it's just the drama is unparalleled. Yeah, and it, you know, I I I still like the fact that those schools have that moment to shine. So I, I do a little work on the side, mm-hmm. right for uh, for ESPN. ESPN. Yeah. So the other night we're doing a show ESPN Radio, and obviously it's a little bit out of my comfort zone not talking UC, you know, the Bengals, the Bearcats, Xavier. So they say to me, we're, "You're going to have on Florida Gulf Coast's coach." I'm like, all right. <laughs> Great. Who, who is who, it? Who is he? <laughs> you know they they won their they won their conference championship. Sure. The uh, the Atlantic Sun actually. Atlantic Sun. A-Sun. So uh, so we have him on, and you know you, you talk to coaches all the time. They do a thousand interviews. This guy was like genuinely grateful to be talking to me. Sure. And like I almost felt bad that he's on you know ESPN Radio, and there's probably a thousand people he'd rather be talking to, and he gets me. Yeah. But he was just so excited to. And he talk, didn't talk about himself, talked about his players, talked about the university, talked about the program. It's their second year eligible for the Division One tournament. That's what I like about it. Yeah. And I look, I like I, I like figuring in and you know, the last Saturday of the regular season is great for this too. All these games are taking place and you're a fan of a team on the bubble. And how does how does this game affect the fortunes of that one? Trying to put the puzzle together. That to me, I love the NCAA tournament, but the the week the eight days really leading up to it's a lot more fun because it's all about the tournament. March is all about the little guy anyway. 
That isn't that all anybody really cares about when it comes to March. At the end, I feel like the end of the tournament is is kind of anticlimactic. I agree. You get to the final four in the championship. Eh, the first weekend. Really, those four days mm-hmm. where and, and what are the stories always of those four days? The underdogs, the the fifteen Norfolk State, you know, your fourteen right. over your three. That's and this is the, it's all them. I mean, whether it be the quarterfinals, one of those small terms, it's all them, which is cool. And that's why I have a, a little a little game for us to play. Okay, all right, because there's nothing better than discussing uh, different conferences and obscure un- cities in the United States and how they affect each other. <laughs> so you, you've got 16 conference tournaments that are going to wrap this week. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to run down the list of all of them, where their conference tournaments are played. Okay. So let's wait. It's strictly I'm giving you top three that you would want to attend, mm-hmm. top three that you would absolutely least want to attend. Do they count if I've been to them before? It, for you person, it can be whatever it wants okay. to, whatever reasoning. So we're for not going to eliminate anyone, anywhere that I've been to before. No, not okay. at all. all right. No, it's strictly this year, this tournament for these teams. Okay, happening this week. Where would you be? ACC obviously is in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. The A10 is the new Barclays in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You've got the Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City. The Big East, obviously, the last run uh, mm-hmm. at Madison Square Garden. You've got the Big Sky Tournament going off in Missoula, Montana. Oh. Uh, you've got the Big Ten Tournament in Chicago. Uh, the Big West in Anaheim. The Old Conference USA in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> you've got you've got the MAC Tournament in Cleveland. Really? Yes. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma is the home of this right. USA tournament. That's cool. Uh, the MEAC is in is in lovely Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. Uh, then we get down. I found this interesting. There's actually going to be there's three tournaments going on in Vegas. Yeah. All this weekend. And they're like back to back to back. Yeah, all the same night. Mountain West is at the Thomas and Mack Center in Vegas. Uh, you've got also the Pac-12 will be at the MGM. Ooh, in Vegas. Great place. You've got the SECs in Nashville. The Southland is in lovely Katy, Texas, right outside of Houston. Home of Andy Dalton. Home of Andy Dalton. Yeah. You could stop in there and say hello. Yeah. The SWAC. In Dallas, uh, right outside of Dallas. And then uh, Orleans Arena in Vegas will be the home of the WAC tournament. Yeah, which also was home of the West Coast Conference tournament. Yes. So you've got a lot NCAA of... NCAA hates gambling. Yeah, we're having like, like four or five conference tournaments in Vegas. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. All the same time. And, and I thought, in, in casinos. In, <laughs> inside of the casino. All right. Yeah, sure, that works. Where they will obviously be gambling on those games. Just, but don't bet on it, folks. Correct. Don't do it. Don't, don't just, bet on yeah, it. Yeah, correct. Uh, but so, so a lot of beautiful locations. I, I have my top three. I'll let you run down your top three for this year. What do you? Where do you? Where do you start? From a pure basketball standpoint, I'm talking overall. You have a trip. I'm giving you. I'm giving you a plane ticket to go wherever you want. So Number I can go one. to all three in the same year. Or you I need can, to rank. No, you can go. You can go to one. Like I can hopscotch and go to the quarterfinals of one tournament. No. Okay, Let, let's right. go, we got to go back over the rules. <laughs> the rules here. I'm making this more All difficult right, here, than it here needs it to be. You can go to one. Okay. Now I'm going to give you an opportunity to go to one. You rank which one it would be one through three. Well, you look. I'm not saying this because of 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 the form we're using right here. It, it would have to be the Big East. Yeah. Um. Okay. My favorite team's playing in it. You see. Sure. Uh, it's in New York. It's in Madison Square Garden. It's also look. I, I know the Big East is going to continue. The Catholic Seven. They'll have their tournament at MSG. This is for all intents and purposes the last one. This the is the last Big East tournament. And yes. I think 
because you'll never see the league configured like this again. It's the last time that Syracuse and Louisville and Notre Dame and Cincinnati and I know Connecticut's not eligible this year, but obviously all the Catholic Seven will be together. It's in a building that has been as identifiable with one conference as any one building in any other conference, maybe in any other sport. I'd have to start there. Agree. But I'm also taking into consideration I could go watch some Big East hoops, break off a little side trip, go see the A-10 tournament. Does that count? Uh, Can I go two for one? uh, Can I count that as one trip? That counts. That counts as one trip because it's part of your trip. Where, which, in the same reason with the Vegas tournaments, right? You can count it as hey, if you want to go pop off or something mm-hmm. else. And we're counting the the city that you're going to as well. I mean, there's obviously plenty to do if yeah. you're in Vegas, New York, whatever. But yes, I'll go ahead. You know what? I'll amend the I'll Cincinnati amend the basketball fan. You could see UC play at noon at the Garden, yeah. perhaps if they play on Thursday against Georgetown. You can go watch the guys across town play You'd on like Thursday to. night. Yeah, if that's you if know, that's your, thing. If no, that's I, your I, thing. I will go ahead and give you that. I'll give you that because so, if we're talking about the city, that's part of it. Okay, you could you could throw that in there? See, we got your one. I got my one. Uh, number two, because I've loved watching the Big Ten all year. Half. The top of the Big Ten's been incredible. I mean, Michigan. If the basketball gods are good to us, we're going to see in March some some permutation of Indiana playing Michigan again, or Michigan playing Ohio State again, or Michigan Michigan State. Because I think the bas- Wisconsin's in that mix as well. I've loved watching that conference. I know you look at some of the schools at the bottom. Does anybody get excited about Penn State basketball ever, anywhere? When they beat Michigan, I think some people in Ohio probably did. Okay. That's about it. But just to watch those teams play and get a chance to play each other – and I love the city of Chicago. The you're- Friday, the Friday, Saturday, the Friday games there. When you're running four games between all those top eight teams out there, is yeah. going to be incredible. If you're just sitting there taking it all in. Plus, you know, and you can say the same thing about New York, but maybe my favorite city to eat in, Chicago. Oh, pizza, pizza everywhere, everywhere, burgers, steak. sausages. It's just it's it's, it's a, a money city. Fat so, Manhattan. Yeah, so I, I'd I'd probably go there, and then. It gets dicey here. The then third gets, one's tough. Then it gets dicey. So uh, now I'm thinking of locales. I love the city of Nashville. Yeah. SEC basketball's bad this year. Yikes. I'm good. No thanks. Uh, the ACC tournament, eh, if it, was, if it was a different year for the ACC, pass. Big 12 tournament, been to Kansas City, not a huge fan of it. Um, you know, the Big 12 is a very good league. But you know, I don't. I can't tell you that I get all that excited about watching most of those teams. You're thinking Cleveland, aren't you? Cleveland in the MAC tournament. I've been to the MAC tournament. It wasn't in Cleveland. I've been to Cleveland a thousand times. Quick and Loans Arena. I'm good. I'm probably gonna go Pac-12 tournament. You're going Pac-12. You're giving me the MGM. You're going Pac-12. I know the Pac-12 isn't, but it's Vegas. All it's right. The MGM. It's the MGM. It's one of those, like, the, the beauty of conference tournaments is it's about more than just basketball. Well, throw it in Vegas. I, I got other stuff going on. Like, if I'm watching a bad game, if, if I got a bad Pac-12 game, you know, let's say I'm stuck watching USC and Colorado, if, if that's a potential matchup, chances are I could find something else to do. <laughs> you could wander out into other options. I've been to a lot of Conference USA tournaments. I mean, I have been. And, you know, let's face it, you would, you would sometimes get to that, like, Wednesday 9 o'clock game, and it would be you know, Southern Miss and Tulane, and you would look at the people you were with and go, all right, let's maybe see if there's something else to do. Some cities, that's easier said than done. Yes. Las Vegas is not one of them. No. If I'm sitting in there when the Pac-12 tournament begins, which is, I think, on Wednesday, Wednesday this week, mm-hmm. and we're sitting there watching, I don't know, pick your pick, we're watching Oregon State and the president's brother-in-law slog it away against 
Colorado, who's you know a, a decent team, and I look at the people I'm with and go, let's go do something else. Very, very quickly, everybody else that I'm with is going to go, here, we can do this, or we can do this, or we can do this. Yes. That, to me, is a major factor. That's There's strong. good food. There's other stuff. And, you know, you're going to see you're going to see Oregon play. I like I, I've, I've always been I've always been kind of a fan of UCLA basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Because I romanticize about the, the sure. old days. And so you get a chance to see them. Cal's playing well. Cal's Arizona's playing well. got a good team. Yeah. There's certainly good teams. Now, I, yeah. OK, I'll say I agreed with you on the first two. Okay. Exactly. Because because it's the last formation of the Big East. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have gone if this was. If if the tournament was going to say the same for the next three, four, or five years, yeah. I would say Big Ten this year because the teams are Agreed. so good. Totally, agree. I would have gone with that. So I go there. I go Chicago number two. Then I'm in your same area. I'm going Mountain West hmm. tournament at the Thomas and Max Center. Love the Mountain West this year uh, with with all the teams out there with San Diego State and New Mexico, New Mexico. on down the yeah. line. They've got a lot of good teams. They're sort of off the radar a little bit where there's mm-hmm. a lot of questions if any of them are all who's going to get in. They may ha- a lot of them may have to win it. Good quality teams may have to win it. Right. So I'm going Mountain West because I'm still in Vegas, but I feel like the basketball's better. Although I'm not in the I'm not in the MGM, but I I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's you know there, there's there's a compelling argument there, but the MGM has that monorail. It does. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. and Grant, from from you, you're right. I mean, between San Diego State, which has been a, a national program recently, between New Mexico, who we saw at Fifth Third Arena, you're right about that. But if if the teams that top the Pac-12 advance, and I have a chance, if I have UCLA, Arizona, I've got a chance. Plus, I mean, pretty good chance. Bill Walton, Bill Walton, calling those. He'll be in the house. Good chance I make my way to Press Row and get Bill Walton to join me in whatever I'm doing. He'll do just about anything. We Correct. do know that. We know that much. Correct. So so okay. So real quick, let's run through uh, the what would be your three worst here? What would be your worst? I mean, there's there's some there's some great places to All watch right. basketball. Here's here. here's my biggest red flag. Whenever I see on campus sites or at highest remaining. Done. I'm yes. not going. Right. I'm not going to the Horizon League. Look, I'm really rooting for my man Billy Donlin at Wright State. Yeah. But when I have got to drive to Valparaiso, Indiana, which I've been to, to go watch a tournament, good pass. So whenever I see, you know, campus of higher seed, I elim- I automatically eliminate you. Yes. Campus of higher seed is never a good way no, to have you're your tournament. gone. You're gone. I I feel like I feel like there's there's a few major uh, contenders here. Mm-hmm. Missoula, Montana, and the Big Sky is 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 pretty far up there. Uh, Houston, I think Houston's. A- Overrated, uh, a, a terrible place. Overrated city, and you're and you're in like far suburban Houston. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're not even anywhere near anything that could be considered considered good. It's it's I'm I'm not on it. Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't. Do I need to go any further than Tulsa? Oklahoma? I've never been to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'd like for that to remain the case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Norfolk, Virginia. I mean, there's a lot of the. You know, you could be. If I forced you to sit and watch every game of the WAC tournament in the Orleans. I mean, let's say I forced you to bad, sit there. Bad place, bad league. Yes, exactly. Have so, you been to the Orleans? I, I can't say that I've been in there. You don't want to go. I'm sure that there's other. Oh, right now, go. right now, could you name for me the WAC has what ten teams? Oh yeah. Could you name them? No. Could you name? I mean, legitimately, yeah. Top of my head, I know Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Is we is I, is Louisiana Lafayette? Are they in it too with them? I don't know. I I would love to tell you that I'm looking at it and cheating right now. I'm not. Really? Could you name for me the teams in the WAC? You ought to give away a prize. 
I mean, I know this is yeah. not live. No, it's fine. If anybody wants to, if anyone wants to email or, there are or ten or, teams in the whack right now, off the top of your head, who you got? Who you, I'm gonna? Look, I got a computer. So I will look in. I, okay, the Denver Pioneers. Oh, sure, Denver. Uh, New Mexico State. We should have known that one. I don't know why. New Texas Mexico State. I didn't think that they were in the whack. Oh, I guess they are in the whack. Yeah. ESPN.com has them in the whack. Okay. <laughs> University of Texas at Arlington. Wow. The Utah State Aggies. Is, is Stu Morrill still the coach there? I think Utah State, they played, they played UC in the, uh, in the NIT. Wasn't that the NIT game they played here? That sounds about right. I feel yeah. like a few years back they might have. The Idaho Vandals. Ooh. These sound like arena football league teams. <laughs> Texas State is in it. San Jose State, State. Isn't that what they based unnecessary roughness off That's of? That's right. <laughs> the uh, University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Their head football coach, Larry Coker. Wow. And... I got to be honest with you. As huge a college basketball fan, I have I did not know that there was the University of Seattle, or I guess it's Seattle University, the Seattle Redhawks, who came in last place on the WAC this year, round out the ten. Wow! By the way, their leading scorer is a guy named C. Trent. How about it that? Says it right there on the screen. It's actually Clarence Trent, but it says C. It's Trent. C. Trent. It's, it's C. Trent, Trent. Rosecrans. Who, who you know? Who knew? A, a friend of a friend of this show. Yeah. Who's now we're excited about him with his new new gig with the the Enquirer and the Reds. Good for you, C. Trent. I'm How sure. How about you're the Summit League tournament, which went down in Sioux Falls, South Dakota? See, I didn't count that because it's not happening this week. It already went down. It already went. Yeah, I'm not. It, I don't want to bring Sioux Falls, South Dakota into this. Hmm. So my list was, by the way, just we're going to have to move on because this is awful. Missoula, Montana. <laughs> Missoula, Montana, number one for the big sky. I can't imagine a worse concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Tulsa. I, I don't want to sit there and watch Josh Pastner's undisciplined Memphis oh. team run through everybody yeah. and then have to be in Tulsa after that. And then I'm putting uh, the Southland Tournament in Katy, Texas, third. I'm going to go anywhere where we're at the campus of the higher seed first. Okay, just that's <laughs> unless across the board. Unless every school is either in New Orleans, New York, or Vegas. If it's a ten-team league and, and we're guaranteed that I'm in that city. Fine. I'll probably go Tulsa, and then, you know, yeah, I mean, the whack. The, the saving grace is I'm in, is I'm, I'm in Vegas. But even then, your, your whole, you have a great is, weekend, and it's ruined because you're sitting there having to watch whack basketball. You know, here's the so thing. So your whole Vegas weekend stuff. You know there's, like, some, like, radio partner of one of the schools in the whack that gave away to listeners, like, ticket packages to the WAC tournament, and people won them. And they're like, awesome, we're going to Vegas. We going to the games? No, no not at all. Games. The games. I don't think so. What? Uh, so we've, we've established this uh, 20 minutes of fantastic radio. But I, wanna, I do want to talk about the biggest tournament, obviously. Let's start, let's start with this. Let's start with who do you like. I mean, who, who do you think should win this thing right now? You know, I, I like Marquette. You like Marquette? I, I like Marquette's team. I, it, uh, look, they, they share the Big East champ. Do I think they're going to win uh, the Big East tournament? That's the question. Would I be surprised if they did? I, look, I know St. John's took them to overtime. I, I know they needed a bucket at the buzzer. They're terrible away from home. They're bad away from home, but I, I don't know. I, 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 when I've watched Louisville, what sticks into my mind is how I've seen them not score off their defense. And that's that's a nice problem to have when that's the biggest criticism I yeah. can make. Um, I, I, I like Georgetown, but... What sticks in my mind are some of the low point totals this year. I watched them win a game this year where they scored 37 points. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, it, I, I know UC beat Marquette without Cashmere right, but yeah, I, I just I have a man. I don't I don't think Marquette has been consistent enough for me. No, they've had too many problems away from. But how home. many? But how many teams in the Big East could you say that about? 
In the Big East, who's that's consistent? fair. That's fair. There, I, I Georgetown has been. They have had bad. I mean, the, I'd say the second, certainly second half of the of the season. I think Louisville has been the second half of the season very consistent. Um, you know, I, I think those two. To me, those two, and I I give it to Louisville. I think Louisville's playing better than anybody in the conference right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's the team. If I was UC, I would least want to see at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they have a feel, and Mick Cronin was talking about this the other day. He actually said he thinks that Louisville is the best team in the country right now. Now, granted, he's biased because him and Patino are very sure. close, and sure. and you know, but you know, he he thinks they're the best team in the country right now, and thinks they should be considered the favorite going into the tournament. And I would buy a lot of what he's selling there, um, bias or not. I think that they have the most complete team. Mm-hmm. They can they can score. Uh, their defense is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, and they rattle people. They really they rattle teams. And I think that I think that can be the difference. And you're right. Oh, every team in this tournament has some warts. Yeah, all of them. But I think Louisville has fewer. And I think that they can, can because they have defense and rebounding. Uh, you know, I feel like that's they can avoid the upset that that so often happens in the tournament. So I think I like them. But it's 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 wide open. The last few last three years, a seven, eight, or nine mm-hmm. has been in the title game. Mm-hmm. Who is that this year? I mean, is it Villanova? Among the three, among the seven, eight, nine, right? Villanova would strike me as lo- as most likely. Um, you know, Providence made a late run here. Is Providence going to be able to beat Cincinnati, Georgetown, some combination of Syracuse, Pittsburgh consecutively? No. Yeah, if you look at their run that they've made, actually, the where they've won, they won seven of nine now mm-hmm. after their loss to UConn this past weekend. It's been almost all UC Notre Dame were the two. Uh, legit wins there. Mm-hmm. The rest were all against the bottom, the bottom quadrant. Now they've played well, and mm-hmm. Ed Cooley's done a very nice job there. But a lot of it has been against some of the weaker. Yeah, it's teams. been against St. John's and Seton Hall and Rutgers and and schools like that. Um, so is it <clears throat> is it UC? All right, the, the mantra, and I've probably said it the last time I was on your podcast. They're they're good enough defensively to beat anybody. Mm-hmm. They're bad enough offensively to lose to anybody. Does that formula mean to be Providence, Georgetown, some combination of Syracuse, Pittsburgh consecutively? Plus, if Kashmir Wright's playing a third game in three days, what's left in the tank? Yeah. So, by process of elimination, it's Villanova. Um, St. John's has all kinds of issues right now. Yeah, yeah. Villanova no plays them on on Wednesday. Uh, can Villanova beat Louisville on a neutral floor? Not the way the Cardinals are playing right now, but I'd roll the dice a lot more with them, just the bottom half of that bracket, than I would the the eight or the nine. Yeah. Uh, Marquette, I I like how they match up against Notre Dame. It's a team they beat maybe three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the Golden Eagles were whacked by by Louisville uh, in a game that I think was at the Yum Center. And you mentioned how bad they've been away from Milwaukee. And you look at them statistically, I think it's fair to wonder, boy, how'd they win that many Big East games? They won a lot of close games. Every yeah. game early on went to overtime. Right. But they won them. Yeah. You know, that's I, fair. Let's, let's face it, they're – not a fluke loss because the Bearcats were really good that day. They they win that game at Fifth Third Arena, which I would argue they should have won. They're outright Big East champions. Yeah. So, which is saying something this year. Um, it, for me, it's more of a matter. I don't love Louisville's team. I like them. I didn't like them a year ago, and they won eight straight. Yeah. <laughs> played in the Final Four. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I don't love Georgetown's team. See, Georgetown looks to me like a team that gets beat early in the NCAA tournament. Just you because think so? They're gonna, there's, they're going to be offensive lulls. There just are, and a good team that can make shots from the outside and is that can take contain Otto Porter and is, is going to take advantage of that from the outside. And yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, I would it, buy that. It, it's more I'm just kind of going down the rung. I don't love Georgetown. I don't love Louisville. Do I think Marquette is going? Would I put money on Marquette to win the tournament? No, because we're not supposed to gamble. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> well, heck, you know what? Look at it this way. If you're talking like this, Syracuse is going to is are they are they the five or the six? Which one do they end up at? I forgot. They're, I mean, they're going to be far. They're far down there. They're not even a double yeah. buy or anything. Syracuse is a five. Yeah, they're the five. Mm-hmm. And you could look at that. I mean, if you're talking coming off the bat, a team that has struggled, that seems to be what has happened for some reason. These teams that have struggled down the stretch have found a way to go to New York and put together runs. It's mm-hmm. very odd. Louisville was like that. UConn was like that. Mm-hmm. You know, in uh, in Georgetown, even Georgetown was like that. It's it's it's. I don't know what it is. If it's, it, 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 Mick was talking about this a little bit the other day, and I kind of wanted to get in this topic anyway, which is the idea that. This teams can go to New York, and the problems and stress of the regular season are sort of alleviated, mm-hmm. um, and that could be the case for a UC team that has played tight offensively and had those problems. Is that something where it's like, okay, we're in the tournament, you know? Here we are. We're in the tournament. Yeah. Let's just let it. Let, let's play loose and forget about playing not to lose. Start playing to win, and maybe that frees things up. That has been what's happened before. Louisville was like that last year. They couldn't mm-hmm. score right down the stretch, and all of a sudden they could put it together. And you added with their defense, it made sense. Is that something that that can? Do you think it, that can happen? Is that maybe you go to New York and that's what happens? Is there's that- there's something to that. There's also the flip side of it. Is I remember the year two years ago, <clears throat> where you know they 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 win a Big East tournament game and they beat South Florida. I think yeah. it was two years ago. And, you know, they were probably where they are right now in terms of they're probably safely in. They played well down the stretch. Obviously, that hasn't been the case this year. But go to New York and just win one more. Don't lose lose to a bad team. Win one more. They did. The next night, they got rolled out of the gym by, by Notre Dame. Ooh. I mean, people forget how. 89-51. I, something, I mean, people yeah. forget how just brutal that was. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, that was, obviously, that was a good Notre Dame team. They played very well that night. But it just kind of had that feeling of, all right, we got our Big East tournament win. We're in. Tonight doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think last year's team went into that tournament thinking, we can win this. We're going to win the Big East tournament. Yeah. I, I think this year's team is probably somewhere between that. Yeah. Where, you know, they feel they're in. The stresses of trying to get in these last couple of weeks, now they can just go play. But do you really feel like they go in like last year's team did thinking, you know what? There's nothing that says we got our double bye. There's nothing that says we can't win this event. It doesn't. It doesn't feel that way to me. You're closer to it than I. I am. It doesn't feel that way to me. So, you know, do you get them playing free and easy? Maybe. And yeah. does that help them specifically on the offensive end? It couldn't hurt at this stage. Yeah. But there's also the all right. Our work here is done. You know, and Providence takes advantage of that. And let's face it. If Providence, if they win that game against Connecticut on Saturday, they're eighteen and twelve, playing well down the stretch. They're in the conversation. Yeah. Ed Cooley tells his team, guys, let's get to Saturday night. Let's let's beat a, a Cincinnati team that we already took care of. We need wins. UC doesn't. Never underestimate a desperate team in 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 the conference tournament as well. So, so this this on Wednesday is very very interesting to me because I don't know what I'm getting from Cincinnati, and you know. Providence has to win this game. Yeah. Never count out a team that goes into a conference tournament feeling like they have to win. At the same time, you're right. When a team has the weight of the world taken off its shoulders and it's felt like this team has been playing with that for weeks, you know, that could obviously be a factor as well. And they've had they've had a lot of success in New York. I mean, you look, I ran some of the numbers today. The last three years, they've got as many wins uh at the tournament 
uh, the third most wins of any team in all the Big East. Right. I mean, you just have UConn with their run that they made, Louisville when they won four games in four days. Those two teams are the top with seven and six wins. UC's next with five. Nobody else has that many. And they've been to a title game. I mean, they've won there. And these kids that mm-hmm. are there now have won there. I think that makes a difference. And it really does. You mentioned it, and I want to reiterate it. It's It really is in New York. It's all about playing, not just confidently, but knowing how you win. Mm-hmm. And Mick, Mick calls it knowing your formula. And that is something that I think this team has struggled to figure out is understand their formula. Their formula, you know, is undeniable. It's three things. It's great defense, offensive rebounding, offense off your turnover, off of yeah. turnovers, turnover margin. When they do those three things, they, they are that's how they win. That every win they have is because of those three things. Uh, and when they don't do any one of those three, they they lose. If I'm if I'm at Cronin, I show the top half of my bracket. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna play a Providence team that was our worst loss of the year. I mean, it, it, if, when you look at their resume, that's gonna be the L that stands out. Yeah. Okay, it's a chance for revenge and to sort of make good what happened in Providence. <clears throat> okay, Georgetown came to our building. We led them with six fifty three to go. We lost by seven. Not unforgivable during a stretch where UC was having a hard time to score. That game was really frustrating because of of how Cincinnati clamped up in the last six, six and a half minutes. Yeah. But they're right there. Syracuse was a game. Cashmere they should right have shot. won. They should have won the game. They should have won that game. All right, game. they're on right. yeah. my side of the bracket. Pittsburgh, we beat. Now, yeah. it feels like an eternity ago. If I'm, if I'm Mick Cronin, that's, you know, look, is anybody giving us a chance to win this tournament? No. But can we get to Saturday night? <laughs> Who can't? I mean, in the way the right. big, the way the Big East and all college basketball has gone this year, it's it's wide like every Big East tournament. Right, it's always wide open. Now, you really don't know. If you're listening to this, you might not believe that. If you're a player on that team, you might not believe it. But if you're coaching the team, I think you have to go into it as okay. We are in the tournament, but why not keep this going? We saw we saw when the ball started to roll last year. What happened? It did carry over into the NCAA tournament. You know, there's I brought up when we started this. If they lose on Wednesday, you're going to go, okay, well, you're not going to use Kashmir right for three days. But this team has a lot to work on. And playing twice a week isn't solving a lot of the offensive issues. Maybe playing two games in two days or three games in three days could get this team to a point offensively. They figure out what works next week. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot to be gained there. But if I'm Mick, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing to my half of the bracket going, tell me who we can't beat. You know, is is Georgetown a team that we can't hang with? We did. Is Syracuse a team we can't beat? We almost did in their building. When, before Syracuse went into this tailspin, they've lost four out of five. Is Pittsburgh a team we can beat? We did in their building. And that's really tough to do. If we beat them there, we can beat them in, in New York. I know that's such an oversimplification. But as I address my team, I'm pointing to that on my on, on the blackboard. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be fun to watch because it's the last one. I think people are going to appreciate it more because of that. And uh, and how special it's been. I'm I'm just sad to see it go. I mean, I think I, I don't. I, there's nobody that doesn't feel that way. I mean, it's just it's such a it's so. To me, the dissolution of the Big East tournament is the ultimate travesty of conference realignment. Yeah, like beyond anything else, I can handle teams moving to other conferences and in the football thing, and you know, geographies make sense, right. and you have these stupid names. What has happened to one of the greatest things in all of college athletics is just, it's sad. And it's they're going to try and hang on to it here with the Catholic 7. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm personally glad that the tournament in Madison Square Garden is staying with those teams. Agreed. You still connect to some of the tradition, and that's 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 yeah. great. You know, this should be a start-over thing. 
I'm sad to see it go. I, I saw a great thing online the other day. It was running down the best moments in the history of, mm-hmm. of the Big East tournament. I have a few that stand out to me. Do you have anything in the history of the Big East? I know you're a big New York guy, a Madison yeah. Garden guy, a Big East tournament guy. Yeah, 96 what- tournament. The semifinals were Allen Iverson, Kerry Kittles. Hey, my phone's ringing. Yeah. Allen Iverson. I mean, this is really going to kill our ratings. Should I answer that? Yeah, put him on the podcast. Can I call you back in like five minutes? (laughs) I'm recording a podcast. Very important. Say hi. All right, I'll talk to you in just a second. I mean, this is is why people listen. You never know, because we're all about spontaneity here. My lady friend. Um, 96, uh, we had Georgetown. Yes. We had Connecticut with Ray Allen. They won it. We had Georgetown... Uh, with Allen Iverson, I'm sorry. But Villanova with Kerry Kittles, and I want to say Syracuse with John Wallace. That's yeah. star power. And Connecticut wins the final. Uh, Victor Page was the MVP of the conference tournament. It's how good the league tournament was. That was, it, it, it was, I remember the six overtime game. It was 09. Were you talking in 96? 96. That was when Ray Allen hit the game winner yeah. on Allen Iverson's Georgetown team. Yeah, one bu- at the buzzer. 76, 75, yeah. or 78, 77. Unbelievable moment. The ball kind of rolled in. Yeah. But that was, I remember the Saturday night. I was actually in Memphis for the Conference USA tournament as a fan. And, uh, you know, those games were early in the day. And I remember, like, I had to be somewhere to watch the Big East tournament. Because that semifinal was stacked. Yeah, it was uh, the nine, the the six overtime game in two thousand nine, which was mm-hmm. a tournament that featured a bunch of buzzer beaters. You know, yeah. Notre Dame wins one, I think. But Connecticut the next day had to play a two overtime game. Um, you know, I I think of I remembered you just watched in the late eighties. If you were a college basketball fan, you watched you know the star power as a kid. On the Saturday, when the Big East tournament, <clears throat> excuse me, the Big East tournament final used to be on a Sunday at noon. They used to play semifinals Saturday afternoon, and you just watch like Derek Coleman and Alonzo Mourning play each other. It was yeah. awesome. It was yeah. just you know guys that just seemed bigger than life than college players do now. I thought you might be a you know Ewing in the Ewing in the mid eighties. I don't know, maybe a little too early a for little, you. A little before my time. But he yeah. was. I mean, he dominated that tournament for two years. That was yeah. when it really it really started to grow. I in remember those, the those few years. The ninety three. One of my favorite college players of all time was Terry DeHair. Seton yeah. Hall. Seton Hall. MVP of the ninety three sure. tournament. Um, but you know that league back then. It's obviously obviously we're talking about a lot of a lot of pre Cincinnati stuff before UC entered the Big East. Um, and the Big East tournament that I attended, Jerry McNamara sent me home early, so I don't have fond memories of that. But, you know, that league had something that you're not going to see in college basketball anymore, but you had coaches that were identifiable with their schools and huge personalities. John Thompson, Jim Beheim, Raleigh Massimino, P.J. Carlissimo, Louis Carnesecca. You know, Louis Carnesecca stayed at St. John's for 27 years. That's never happening again. Yeah. Jim Beheim has been at Syracuse for 30 years. The next guy there is not staying there for 30 years. John Thompson III is not his dad. He's a good basketball coach. He's not the larger-than-life personality. Sure. And you really don't have that in college basketball anymore. And if you do, they don't stay there. Yeah. The Big East had that, I think, more than any other conference. You know, Bob Knight might have been the one college coach that was more identifiable the last 25 years with one school as anybody. But does anybody else, does anybody remember who he coached against in the Big Ten? No. It was not like that. I, I mean, mean, do you remember who was coaching Ohio State? Do you remember who was coaching, you know, Illinois? Lou Henson? Randy Ayers. Lou Henson could walk into this room right now and I wouldn't know. He might be dead for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, but that was an era of college basketball and it was personified by the Big East. And you're yeah. not getting that back. No, you're not. It's funny. You, you talked to all these moments. My number one moment, uh, and I don't know if just because the, 
the run that they made. Kemba Walker, poor Gary McGee. Yeah. Poor Gary McGee. Yeah. Get it. I mean, that was the that was the moment where you were like, Connecticut might be able to win five yeah. games in and five were, days. They were a nine and nine big they East. Were, team. They yeah. were. They were. They were a nine seed. They won five games in five days. And the move that Kemba put on poor Gary McGee on that switch to hit that fadeaway when he just turned his ankles and he fell backwards and Kemba just hit that soft swish, that soft little jumper in yeah. was just and then that the celebration, it was just awesome. I mean, it was just personified. And then they go on to win the whole thing yeah. out of nowhere with him just carrying the team on his back was was just a cool moment. I'll never forget, you know, sitting there watching that. I mean, it was just one of those one of those moments. And there's, you know, and you know what? Other tournaments will go on, mm-hmm. and there will be all kinds of other, and we'll say something else has turned itself into the greatest thing. But this will be, uh, it'll be pretty special because everybody has their moment that sticks out to them, and there were just too many yeah, of them. I remember, you know, I, as a fan, went to, I think every great Midwest slash Conference USA tournament from ninety five to oh one, and then I went to oh two through oh five working the conference tournament. And so the first year that UC was in the Big East, which was you know the Jerry McNamara game, um, I remember just as as growing up as a Knicks fan and a UC fan, it brought oddly those two worlds together, yeah. and it was just. It was cool. I mean, it, like I've been to a lot of conference tournaments and seen him play at U.S. Bank Arena and seen him play at the Pyramid and seen him play at the Bradley Center, and it was always a good time. But that was like, you know, this is basketball's, you know, big stage. Um, and then, you know, they didn't go to the conference tournament in 07. They went back in 08. But when they went back, and I, I remember when they, they finally broke through and won games in the tournament again in 09. Uh, I think they beat Rutgers and Louisville. If memory serves me correct, or maybe that was two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Yeah, and and that just felt big, and it didn't propel them into the NCAA tournament. It was the Deshaun Butler bank shot game that that beat them. Um, But when they finally broke through and won games in the Big East tournament, that felt those were moments Uh, in in this program's, you know, in in its rebuild that I remember as being and feeling significant. And uh, you know, what they did last year was was awesome and. If they have another run in them this year, it would be special because whatever happens next, it's it's not going to be playing at MSG. If I could erase one game from your Bearcat fandom memory, and I will give you one of these two. You can erase yeah. it forever. I will hit the, the men in black clicker on you. Yeah. The DePaul loss or the McNamara shot? Those are the only two that I get. I, you have to pick between. The, I can give you. I will erase one of those two from you. The McNamara shot. The McNamara shot. Yeah. That one because you were there, because I was there because I, I knew it was I knew it was likely we wouldn't be back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, for a while. Um, I, I really liked that team, and if you remember, everybody thought when they won on Senior Day against West Virginia, they're in the tournament. They're in, and and I remember I remember the morning of at Madison Square Garden going. They need to win today. Like, mm. I'm not walking out of here and spending the next. We were stuck in New York because my employer's like, dude, we paid you. We're not paying the. Ch- you're stuck there. Which I went to a bunch of Big East tournament games, which was cool. But then you had to spend. I knew if they lost, I had to spend the next five days waiting to find out what was going to happen on Selection Sunday, and I just didn't like that. And you know, I, I liked that team. They should have won the game. Devin Downey missed. I think the the front end of a one and one late with them up one, and you know, I. <sighs> It just when walking out of that arena is maybe the saddest I've ever been as a UC fan, because it felt like, and it was, it was a bit of an end of an era, 
I, I wanted so much for that team to go to the tournament, and I was among all of us talking, the only one that thought they're not going to get their name called on Sunday. Yeah. There, there, there's just there's too many other things that are going to happen right now, and UC's body of work is in. Their work is done. They've submitted what they're doing. Now everybody else is going to win games, and I just that was that was helpless. That was awful. When they lost to DePaul, it was bad and it was crushing. But I think most of us kind of felt like that was a possibility. As bad as DePaul was in the league. The trajectory that season toward the end suggested that that was a possibility, but the McNamara game was, to me, it was second to the Kenyon Martin game in terms of just gut punch, heartbreak. I mean, I remember I was in New York City that, and I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to go to dinner, but I also didn't want to watch TV because they were showing it in the New York New York area a thousand times. It was it was just that was just miserable. Jerry McNamara, and then. And then he went on to win, just do it again yeah. and again. That whole run for them made with it the, even more. With the crowd shots of his parents uh, and just, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining me here, and I'm I'm looking forward to watching this tournament. And thankfully, is, isn't Jerry McNamara, isn't he an assistant? He's with uh, Syracuse now, yeah. So they, you get shots of him now every tournament. And, and of course, what happens when oh, the they flashback. show You'll the get flashbacks? It. Well, and you know, <laughs> look, you know that as you watch the Big East tournament, and and I think this is a great thing. They're going to go heavy on like the biggest moments ever. Oh. You know, but you know, at some point, especially when Syracuse plays, you know you're going to see that shot again this week. You may even see the Deshaun Butler banker again. Yeah, you'll see that again too. Yeah, I mean you'll. Oh, that one was. But you know what? You might see the cashmere right layup. You might see the barrage of threes against Syracuse last year. You might. You might. So they don't tend to give Cincinnati the. Uh... The, the the love on the, the, the it's going to be all focused on the traditional teams yeah that's what it's all going to be you know the, and the, that's fine the cashmere right bucket in in terms of big shots in recent UC histories at the top of the list as was the individual performance by Yancey Gates that day which everybody forgets about yeah he's great against Georgetown oh absolutely my my favorite play of that whole season was when Yancey ends up catching the uh, the alley oop dunk on the fast break against yeah. Georgetown which was just the emphatic sort of it's gonna. They're gonna win this game. Yeah, you know, just a cool, yeah. a cool moment. Anyway, again, thank you for uh, taking the time out with me, and uh, it's gonna be a fun, uh, fun few weeks. So I'm sure we'll I'm hear excited. plenty from you. You will be on from three to six in the afternoons, I assume, still on ESPN fifteen thirty. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm sure anybody that's listening to this podcast is well aware of uh, when you're on. I think they're still listening to this. Has this been the longest one you've done this year? Uh, I've done. I did a fifty minute guy one oh, time, wow. but it's I, it's it's pretty. Uh, so I think that one, Tommy G and I did a contest for somebody. If anybody was actually still listening, mm-hmm. to send in uh to send in an email or something that's whatever we had talked about at the end. I got one, <laughs> I got one email. So one guy was still listening at the wow. end of our fifty minutes. But anyway, so well, we had a little long, but you know, I appreciate you taking out the time. Insightful I, stuff. Now this yeah, was fun. Absolutely. So thanks, Mo, and uh, join us next week on the uh, latest edition of the Inside the Bear Cats podcast.